Hey, this is episode 13 of the Andy McMillan podcast, and today we're talking about checking yourself before you wreck yourself. What is that you really what you're going to call it? <laughs> checking yourself before you wreck yourself. Checking yourself before, I don't know what we're going to call it. I mean, it makes sense, I guess. Well, hey, welcome to this episode of my podcast. I'm Andy, and I'm joined today with my wife, Jessica. This is episode three of four that she's with me on, where we're talking about Hebrews chapter 12. In the very first episode, which you can check out, uh, we talked about how to just deal with difficult seasons. How do you get through them uh, in a way that the Bible tells you to do it? And in the second episode, we talked about, you know, discipline. How to discipline them children. No, we actually didn't. We actually did the opposite of that. And so we didn't tell you how to discipline your kids because that's between you and Jesus. And if you're curious about that, go watch episode two. Uh, but in this episode, uh, we're going to talk about a, a few different things. This this particular section of scripture that we're going to read um, deals with uh, a couple of different things that are super interesting in how we live our life. And specifically talking about working on ourselves, working on others, and being intentional uh, in the season that we're in. And so I'm excited to jump into the scripture today. Uh, but before we do that, if you're finding value in this content, please consider subscribing uh, to the podcast. You can do that on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on Google Play. But if you're watching on YouTube, because there is video, if you are listening to this, there's also video on YouTube, you can subscribe here. And then the other thing that I would invite you to do it's regardless if you're listening or watching, just share it with somebody. You can hit a share button on all of these and text the content to somebody. Maybe you know somebody who needs to hear what we're talking about today. You can take just a moment, send that to somebody uh, via text message and just say, hey, listen or watch this. I think it'll encourage you. So thank you so much for doing that. Well, today we're going to be reading through Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 through 17. So let's check this out together. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. So there's several things going on in the scripture that we just read, and we want to talk through it from three different places or three different um, concepts throughout the passage. And the first area is super simple. Um, deal with your own stuff, like get yourself to a healthy spot. The second one is specifically about um, helping others get find Jesus, helping others experience the grace and the mercy of God. And then the third one is being intentional with what's going on in your life. Uh, be intentional because what you're doing matters and the, the time that you have matters. So let's talk about this, this first little section. It says, 
So therefore, lift your drooping hands and your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So we're going to talk about these things from three different places. Uh, we're going to talk about fixing ourselves, which I think is interesting that out of these three things is the first thing he talks about. Then the second thing that we're going to talk about is helping others find Jesus, experience God's grace, and move onto the path that God has for them. And then the third thing that we're going to kind of touch on at the end of the scripture that we read is that we're to be intentional with the time that God's given us. Now, when we look at this passage in the very beginning, it kind of reminds me of my first job. When I was in high school, I worked at a shoe store for a little over three years, and I loved it. It was one of the most entertaining jobs uh, that I think I could have ever had for a lot of reasons. And I worked at a shoe store in Birmingham, Alabama. It actually doesn't exist anymore, but it, which is super sad for me. But I worked in a shoe store where we didn't just like, it wasn't like a rack room shoes or a just for feet where you just kind of buy shoes off the rack. We were actually trained to have people come in that had feet issues or problems, uh, maybe walking or issues running look at how they walked, look at how their feet are shaped and help them find shoes that corrected whatever issues they had, whether it be flat feet, hide arches, all kinds of stuff. And one of the things that I learned at that job is that having an issue in your feet affects the rest of your body. Like it, it actually affects um, really everything from your shins to your knees all the way into your back. It's kind of crazy how much it affects. And for many people that would come in, they'd come in having issues that they had for forever uh, with their feet that had seriously begun to affect their knees and back. And by the time they got to us, damage had already been done to those places in their body. And what we were trained to teach people is the earliest that you can see these issues Come and have someone help you uh, assess these issues and correct them. And we helped a lot of people get free from a lot of different knee pain, back pain, because when they got in the right shoes, their body began to correct. And where they'd been putting inappropriate pressure on different joints in their body, what we saw was healing take place. And when I read this scripture, it reminded me of that moment. Hebrews chapter 12, or chapter 12 verse 12 that says, therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may be healed. Then it goes on to say, strive for peace with everyone for the holiness uh, for the um, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. In this very first uh, verse that we're reading, it's telling us something very important. And that is, that we need to strengthen our lives, straighten the way that we walk our lives and live our life out. Because when we do that, what is broken on the inside of us will actually be healed. When we choose to walk the path that God has for us, the, the life that God has for us, when we choose to embrace grace in our life and we choose to embrace the mercy of God and we choose to develop a relationship with Jesus, it's amazing what naturally heals itself. You know, we're wired, our, our physical bodies have the ability to heal themselves in so many different capacities. 
And that's true of your spiritual self as well, that when you begin to do things the right way and you strengthen those things that are, that are broken and you straighten yourself spiritually, there's something that takes place that those broken things in us, those, those things that are jacked up in us, find themselves being healed just because we're beginning to live the life that God has for us and, and develop the intimacy that he desires for us to have with him. Right. And I think it's very interesting that it says um, to make straight paths for your feet. So in and itself, you need to be intentional with where you want to go. You want to make sure that your path is flat and that you're not going to cause issues for yourself um, by leaving a broken and disheveled way to wherever God has you to go. Make your path straight, make them flat, make them clean. So in other words, we need to be very intentional with our lives and with the path that um, God has made out for us, but we need to actually get down and fix it. We need to make sure that we do what's right for our lives and be um, thoughtful about it. We need to, you know, we all want good things for our lives. We all want to go in a positive direction. We all want to go to a place that is good, that gives us peace and joy um, and brings um, happiness to God and to other people around us. So we need to be um, very specific with what we do and lay those paths as straight as possible so that we can get from point A to point B without hindering our own lives. Yeah, I think everybody, like you said a second ago, uh, wants things to go right in their life. They want to have a good, healthy life, what, whatever that means, whether that's getting healthier financially, getting healthier, healthier physically or emotionally. But a lot of times we talk about what we want rather than working, doing the hard work of moving forward in those things. You know, for us, one of the things that we've been working on for about the last year and a half is getting out of consumer debt. We didn't have a massive amount of consumer debt. Uh, we were what most people would call normal debt, but we just decided we really wanted to work to be debt-free in our own lives. And what, what I found is that two things, that number one, when we actually sat down, looked at how much debt we had and began to knock it out, um, when we begin to see it fall, th there was like this, encouragement that came from that to, for, to keep on moving forward. But the other part of that is that when we begin to get intentional with it, we actually begin to make more progress. We, we're at a better place now than we thought we were going to be when we started. And so there, there's that reality that when I choose to be intentional, whether it's with my money or my relationships or whatever, when I choose to be intentional about myself and work on myself to get myself in a better position, that that we're encouraged, we'll be encouraged by that progress, but we're also find um, that we make more progress than we think we will. And so I think for for us, like it, it's just a matter of taking that first step and saying, I've got to work on me. And not that we need to work on our salvation because we can't earn the relationship that we have with God. It's it's a free gift. But when we talk about being intentional with our lives to make an impact. Uh, there is an intentionality that comes with that that helps us move towards what God has for us. Yeah, and there's a lot of people out there that have come from from what they feel like is not a great place to start off in life. Um, and even if you have come from maybe nothing or if you were poor or if you just grew up in a um, really hard 
environment as, as a child. Um, and you weren't given a lot to, you know, to help you think that your life was going to be better than what it was. If you are intentional and if you choose to want more for your life and to see that God wants more for your life and to know that God has more for your life, then, um, you can do whatever you want to do with your life. As long as God is that director of it. Um, you know, I didn't come from the greatest, you know, background. It's not that I was poor. Um, I mean, I dealt with a lot of things as a kid and, um, there was abuse and a lot of other things that were happening in my childhood. Um, and yeah, for a lot of years, I thought that I, that, that was all that my life was going to be. And, um, through the years, I decided to, to change my habits, to be a better person, to understand and know that God called me and loves me and knows me to be more than what I was in those instances. Um, so being very intentional, doing all that I could do with my life, going to counseling, um, making sure that I, you know, reached out to God and, and understood what he thought about my life and understood about me and, um, just read all that I could read and do all that I can do in order to change my direction and go towards a positive place. Anybody can do that. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter your circumstances or even where you may be now, even if your entire life has been not great and you've made some dumb choices starting now, you can, if you are, very specific with your next steps and you understand that God wants positive and good things for your life, you can go in the direction and be all that God has called you to be. Yeah. And the last thing before we move on to, to the next one that I'll say is I think for a lot of us, we find ourselves in deep comparison. And so we look at people's lives and we say they're doing better in this area and they're doing better in this area. And it can, it, it can be two things. Number one, it can be distracting just from from the standpoint that we get way too caught up in other people's life. But the second thing is that it can become discouraging because we buy into a false narrative that they're doing better in every aspect. And we think, well, I'm never going to get to that point. And we, we find ourselves just kind of in a cycle of embarrassment, a cycle of brokenness, and a cycle of just not wanting to tell people that we that we are struggling or that we are in need of help. And, and by the way, Jessica said something about counseling a minute ago. We've both done mental health counseling off and on I, through most of our marriage. And so whether it's seeing a spiritual director, which I've done uh, a few times, or seeing a mental health counselor or finding somebody to just talk to, there, there's a lot of wisdom in sitting down with somebody that that's what they do. And so for some of you, it may be sitting down with a pastor or a mentor um, that's really wired that way, or it may be sitting down with somebody who's done what you desire to do. Maybe um, maybe you have some financial goals. I have a friend that's paid off a massive amount of debt in the last several years, and uh, it's helpful for me 
it's helpful for me to listen to him talk about how they processed paying off debt and how they went after it and what, what that looks like because it challenges me, but it encourages me to keep on moving down the field in that area. You may need that. You may need somebody in that area that you're trying to grow in. Maybe it's relationally or dealing with insecurities or whatever that, that you're trying to strengthen in your life and make that path straight in your life to get to that next season. Um, but it may just mean talking to somebody and, and working those things out. Now, the first thing that we see is all about working on yourself. The second thing, and Jess is going to talk about this one first, is um, helping other people experience Jesus. So let's look at that together. It says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. So it's very interesting to me, um, these specific points that the writer puts into the scripture, and it says, see to it that no one fails to obtain grace, um, that bitterness doesn't spring up that no one is sexually immoral and no one is unholy like Esau. Um, the first one, grace of God. How important is it for us to have grace, not only for other people, for but for ourselves? Um, grace is what helps propel us forward. And um, if we don't have grace with people, that's really just initially just going to hold us back. And every time that we get in a situation where we should have grace for another person. Um, and if we don't have that grace, then really it's just going to keep us from what the next thing that God has for us in our lives. Yeah, and I think that grace and this bitterness in Scripture are, are really, obviously the way that it's laid out, are connected. Because the, the opposite of grace for most of us is bitterness. The opposite of grace for most of us is bitterness. Bitter against ourselves because of mistakes that we've made, bitter against um, other people because of the things that they've done against us. And if if we don't have that grace, if we don't have that grace for ourselves, but also extend that grace to other people, two things are going to happen. Number one, um, I'm going to ruin my own life and ruin the things that God has for me and the moments that God has for me because I'll be blinded by that bitterness. But the the second part is that um, I'll miss out on experiencing uh, the both sides of grace that God desires for me to because God not only desires for me to receive grace, but he also desires for me to extend it. Why? Because I am I am never more like Jesus than when I choose to be grace-giving to other people. And that doesn't mean, we've talked about boundaries before on this podcast. Uh, that doesn't mean that I just completely forget what somebody does against me, but it means that I can walk in peace, which, by the way, is one of the things that it says leading up to this passage, that I can walk with peace. And so being able to be a person who extends it, and that's what the passage is telling us. It says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. We, we want everybody to obtain that grace. And when I choose to be a person of grace, that I, I choose to be a person that extends grace to other people, what it does is it lights a fire in somebody that says, man, there's something different about that person. 
What is it? Well, it's the grace of God. It's living a life of grace um, and receiving that grace from God and choosing to live it out so that not only I don't have bitterness um, against myself or towards other people, but also so that people can see that peace and that attitude in me that is really from the heart of God. And it attracts people to the gospel. It attracts people to the gospel, which is really what the entirety of Hebrews is talking about. It's it's telling people to push in. Don't give up on your faith. Don't stop sharing your faith with other people because they need it. I know it seems scary. I know that it seems dangerous, but don't give up. And that's really the whole message of Hebrews. But in this instance, it, he's saying, he or she is saying, be uh, careful. Make sure nobody fails to obtain that grace from God. Odds are somebody's going to mess up. I mean, within your circle of life. And if we don't have grace, then it's going to be hard for us um, as a body to move on. Instead, we're going to be held back. And with bitterness, I mean, the Israelites were stuck in the desert for 40 years, partially because of bitterness. They were bitter that they had to leave Egypt and that they were uncomfortable and that they had to um, move to this you know, new place and they weren't ushered into the promised land when they thought they would be. Um, and it's because of bitterness. So it's super, super important that grace is interwoven in your life and that you don't let bitterness come up and destroy um, the plan that God has for you. Yeah. And so the, the next thing that it talks about um, is sexuality. And so it says this, it says, it says, see to it that no one is sexually immoral or unholy. And then it says, like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. I think that it's interesting that the author is comparing sexual immorality to what we see Esau do in the Old Testament. So if you're not if you're not familiar with the story, it's the story of these twin brothers named Esau and Jacob. And Esau trades basically his inheritance and this thing called a blessing that his father would give him uh, for a single meal. And I think it's very interesting that parallel that the author is making because it's saying don't don't let people be sexually immoral. Help them understand not to be sexually immoral because it's a lot like the story of Esau and Jacob that Esau traded this giant, beautiful thing, this great gift his father was gonna give him. Why? Because he just wanted something in the moment, which is really a picture of sexual immorality, that we trade this thing that God desires for us to have in the confines of a marriage, and we trade it to other people uh, because we just have a desire in the moment, and we just act on those emotions in the moment. But the author of Hebrews is saying, help them understand they need grace, but not only that, they need to understand to play the long game in their life, that they're not to trade their their gift of sexuality in the moment like other people do. They're supposed to see it for what it's worth. Don't be like Esau. Don't trade this beautiful gift you have because it's convenient for the season that you're in. Yeah, we need to make sure that our emotions are in check because a lot of times we as an emotional being um, will make rational decisions in the instant because it feels right or if it's some, it's something that we feel like we want to do or don't want to do. Um, in reality, those moments and those instances can really wreck the future that 
comes after that. Um, and I think that's really true for sexual immorality, like what Andy was talking about and the whole picture of the story of Esau, where he was just super hungry and he traded his entire blessing for his life after his father passed away for one meal so that he wouldn't feel hungry in the moment. And instead he missed out on the rest of his life. Yeah. So the tip number one for today, just cause you super something don't mean you should give in. So just just throwing that out there. Whatever that thing is, whether it's hungry, whether it's something else, don't don't give in to that that pressure that those issues in your life because there is something greater. And and that's really the point in the passage that that we're not to be those people. Uh, we're not to be those people. That we're to be people who see the long game. And that that really is the the rest of the the passage that he's he's ultimately saying. I, I think both through. Um, sexual immorality in the story of Esau and Jacob, but also on a grander scale that we do need to be people who are intentional with how we live our life. And we understand not to make emotional decisions when we should be making a logical decision or a faith decision. Uh, A lot of times our emotions tell us not to be people of faith, but just to give in to how we feel in the moment. I've heard, uh, if I've heard it said one time, I've heard it said a hundred times in this season that we find ourselves in right now, that we we need to make sure we don't make decisions in the midst of the chaos and in the midst of the confusion. We, we need to let ourselves breathe. We need to let ourselves take a moment, collect our thoughts, go be with the Lord, talk with our spouses if, if we're married, and really work out those major decisions because people make bad decisions when they when they are emotional they make decisions that they regret and that's what the passage is saying in the very end of the passage it says um for he desired to for when he desired desired to inherit the blessing he was rejected for he found no chance to repent though he sought it with tears what's that what's that mean it means this that he blew it and and look there's grace and mercy for you in Jesus, uh, always for everything that you do. But there's a reality that on earth, some of our decisions, they just are a part of our lives. They're a part of our story. There are things that I wish were not a part of my story and that I've received grace and forgiveness for. But at the end of the day, there's still realities to my story. There's still realities to the things that I have in in my personal history. And what it's challenging us to do here is choose to see the bigger picture. So I think that that's actually all we've got to say in this passage today, but I think there's a, a lot to unpack. And so hopefully you're taking the time to think through all the things in your life. Maybe you've got some questions that you need answers to. Uh, we would encourage you, don't make those decisions rashly. Don't make those decisions quickly. Be a person of prayer and asking God, what what does that next season look like? But let's be people who do these things in this this passage that we read. Let's be people who work on ourselves. Let's work to get ourselves 
on the road to where God has us to go. But let's be people like the scripture here is telling us. Let's be people who work on ourselves, who try our best to get in the direction that God has for us to go, to fix those things in our life that we desire to fix. Then let's help other people fix those things. Let's let's not try to work on other people instead of ourselves, which I think is super important. But we need to work on ourselves and then serve other people and lead them into the relationship with God that God has for them and help them develop the life that God has for them. And let's overall, in all of that, be intentional with how we live our life. Any other thoughts from your side of the table? No, but I think we got it. Yep. All right. Well, until next time, thanks so much for watching the Andy McMillan Podcast. Mm-hmm.